Kai Jones got released and Miles Bridges got arrested again. The Atlanta Falcons are trying to get Desmond Ritter more weapons. Will Auburn and LSU be at cakewalk? How did Tua pave the way for Bryce Young? Mark Stoops called out Kentucky fans for being cheap. Can Jimbo and Texas A&M get that one big win against Tennessee? Which team will trade for Jerry Judy and the Pelicans travel to Birmingham for preseason to get the South on board with basketball? We've got a lot to talk about on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I am your host, Jacob Sermon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Hill 14. Joining me later on for this Friday episode is my host, Christy. You can follow her on Instagram and TikTok at Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. Your home for all sports in different forms and varieties. It is preseason basketball. And obviously, we have to talk about basketball, much to Christy's dismay. But of course, we have to start with a team and a city that we seem to talk with a lot. That's right. The Charlotte Hornets. The city of Charlotte in North Carolina. If you've been listening to this show for the past almost two years, you know we talk about Charlotte a lot to the point where I have said many times, Charlotte, fly me out, sponsor me for my next flight. You know what to do. It is getting out of hand with this city because this franchise that just got sold by Michael Jordan that has a new owner is already struggling because... At this time yesterday, Kai Jones was waived. That's right. He basically had requested a trade from the organization when he posted on Twitter. I know someone's going to say it's X. It's still Twitter, which, by the way, is a fine. You cannot publicly ask for a trade in the NBA. Then the Hornets declined to comment on the post. And then also there were talks about how... Kai Jones was saying he was better than LaMelo Ball and he was better than Brandon Miller, their, you know, number two draft pick. But here's the crazy thing, too. His stats, he averaged 2.7 points and two rebounds in 67 career games. He came from Texas and obviously Pelicans fans said, no, we are not going to pick up any more centers from Texas. At the time, I didn't realize that Kai Jones went to Texas, but still, it's very important for us. To detail that. But still, this is once again, we've always talked about how Charlotte needs to find that culture. They need to improve. They need to do something. And they don't. You know, we've already criticized them for firing their former head coach and then bringing him back a few years later. And now this team cannot win. They can't make it to the playoffs. And how Lamelo gets hurt. And then obviously, to make things worse, Brandon Miller got booed when he was drafted. You know, nobody wanted him there. So obviously, Charlotte Hornets fans are a mess. Charlotte Hornets team is a mess. And just to make things even worse, you've also got Miles Bridges attacking a car with kids inside. First and foremost, why did you bring back Miles Bridges, who literally was suspended and ultimately not on the team last year for what he had done to his girlfriend. But now there's a summons issued for him for violating a domestic violence protective order. It's not getting any easier. It's not getting any better for Charlotte Hornets or their fans because you're doing stuff like this. And I feel like with things as well, you know, Miles Bridges pleaded no contest to a felony domestic violence charge. But still, he has to obey the terms of a 10-year protective order, which 
he did not. He was also issued a 30-game suspension, and he already served 20 of those. And then he was still signed to a contract with the Hornets. So really with this, I don't know what to say because I am so fed up with the city of Charlotte, especially with their doings. You know, not only are the Hornets doing crazy things, but the Carolina Panthers are rebuilding. So really right now with this, you've really just got Charlotte FC being the best team for now. But still, you need to do something. You need to improve. You're not doing it right now for the city of Charlotte. You know, you need to take a look in the mirror and just say, huh, we messed up. What can we do to make things better? Now, on to our next point, which is in regards to the Atlanta Falcons. They just made a big trade with the Los Angeles Rams to get Van Jefferson. Now, Van Jefferson is a pretty decent wide receiver, you know, with the emergence of Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup coming back. He kind of was expendable. I mean, you've also got Tutu Atwell, who has played really well. And you've also got Tyler Higby, who's a very reliable tight end. You get Van Jefferson who I believe was drafted in the later rounds in the draft. He came from Florida. Before that, he played at Ole Miss. And you get a player who can be a pretty reliable target for Desmond Ritter. We saw the emergence of Kyle Pitts again. Drake London is still you know growing. He was a rookie last year. I think this team shows that they are trusting Desmond Ritter as their quarterback, which is good for them. But also it shows that they are going to have some other weapons as well. Now, here's the thing with Van Jefferson. With Van Jefferson, he has done a pretty good job in his career. He's won a Super Bowl with the Rams, and he's only 27 years old, so he's still relatively young. He was drafted in the second round, but then you kind of look at his stats, and he's had some trouble recently kind of returning to his previous form. You know, you look at his stats this season, he only has eight receptions for 108 yards. You look at previous seasons, and he hit the 800 mark in 2021, but then since then, he's kind of struggled. He doesn't have any touchdowns this year. He only had three last year. But you also have to look at what he was able to do in the postseason. He was a very big part of that postseason run with the Los Angeles Rams, but also you saw that, you know, they had the emergence of Puka Nakua, and when you have that emergence, you really can't duplicate it, so someone's going to be the odd man out. Now, Van Jefferson is someone who is from the SEC. He put together a pretty solid career in the SEC, finishing his career with more than 2,000 yards receiving and 16 touchdowns, and I think with this, with Van Jefferson, he can be a great target for... Desmond Ritter, you know, he is a pretty good size at 6'1", 200 pounds. I think with him, you can kind of play him in the slot. But really with this, we'll have to see what happens in the next game for the Atlanta Falcons and Van Jefferson. Now, on to our next point, which is in regards to the LSU Auburn game. Now, obviously, LSU is a team that has two losses. Auburn is a team that has two losses. Could this be a surprise game where it goes either way? Absolutely. You know, right now, this is a pretty good LSU team, but they've also struggled in games. They were struggling against Arkansas. They were not in the lead against Missouri until towards really the end. So really with LSU, they've had a lot of their struggles too. You know, they also lost to FSU in week one. 
So I think with LSU, I could see them, you know, strongly in this game. But could Auburn come out on top? And that's the thing that we're trying to figure out. You know, Auburn really hasn't played anyone. And when they have, they haven't really produced. You know, they've struggled with their offense right now. They look really one-dimensional. They can't really throw the ball. So I feel like with this team, I could see it being either way. But here's the thing about LSU and Auburn. When they've played, it usually goes back and forth. It's, you know, a very close game. It's a team that will win by maybe, you know, three or six points. So look for something like that to happen. You know, I know that Jaden Daniels is really good, but the defense has struggled. And this is something where we've heard a lot about Harold Perkins and Mason Smith and Major Banks. And that defense has struggled. You know, sometimes they will just get, you know, victimized by the offensive line and I think with this, you know, if that is the case, then we can see Auburn run for maybe 200 yards on this defense. So, you know, there's a lot to definitely look into for this team, but it could be a really good game and I'm definitely excited. It could be, you know, maybe even more exciting game than Texas A&M and Tennessee. And with it being Friday, it is time for Christy's Corner. She's got a lot to talk about in regards to the NFL, college football, and so much more. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Welcome back to another episode of Christy's Corner. My voice is finally, like, almost back to normal. It's cooperating, so hopefully I won't miss any shows anytime soon. But the first thing I want to talk about is probably my favorite story we've talked about so far just because it is so heavily focused on Alabama. So Bryce Young has recently been in the news and not all for negative things. He is crediting Tua for his time at Alabama. So before Tua took over at Alabama and even way before that, Alabama was known for their defense, just their elite. I mean, you would have players intercepting the ball and scoring on those interceptions countless times in a game. And that's what Nick Saban was known for. And he was also known for his run game and, of course, the defense, you know, while running backs were running the ball. And... I think, you know, that's where Derrick Henry and some of those players came from. And we are starting to see a shift away from running backs. So we saw that shift happen in college with Tua and totally changing the way offense was played, specifically at Alabama. And this helped recruiting and specifically recruiting Bryce Young because this is the kind of offense he was looking for and the kind of offense he was used to playing. So he is crediting Tua for the reason why he played at Alabama. And he just talks about their relationship and how they still talk. They still keep in contact. And it's really special because they get to play against each other in Miami this Sunday. So really, really looking forward to that game. But I think it just says a lot about Alabama and that it's more than football. They're creating these relationships on and off the field. And this past weekend when Alabama played A&M, there was mention by the reporters how 
Jalen Milrow actually talks weekly with Jalen Hurts and Bryce Young. So, I mean, it is still carrying on. And I think that also feeds into the NFL and how these players are going to do. It creates a bond and a mentorship that I think more teams should have. But a team that might be struggling with some leadership is Kentucky. So we know Kentucky is coming off that big 38-point loss to Georgia. And this is specifically dramatic just because everybody thought maybe this was the team that could take down Georgia, and it did not happen. Well, their coach, Mark Stoops, was on a radio show, and he got asked about, you know, Kentucky's losses against some of the big teams. And he did get super defensive, but he did not take the blame. He blamed Kentucky's fans, which as the Kentucky coach, I feel like that is a huge no-no. If you are trying to Build up your community, your football community. Get more fans to show up and show out. This was the wrong way to go about it. So he basically said, you know, Georgia's players have some of the craziest and highest paying NIL deals. Basically saying, you know, they're going to get the top recruits because of that. And he made a suggestion that Kentucky fans should... Um, not be so cheap and cough up some more cash. So forget his record and being 0-8 against Georgia. It's not his fault. It's the Kentucky fans. So some of his suggestions was that Kentucky fans should donate more, donate more money to the team. And, you know, more money means you're going to win. You're going to be Georgia, right? Because that makes sense. Oh, Mark Stoops, good luck this weekend. One game that is going to be super fun this weekend is Jimbo Fisher's team versus Tennessee. Um, I do not think that Aggies can upset Tennessee here. And one of the big reasons is because it's at Neyland Stadium. Um, we saw, you know, this past weekend when Alabama played at A&M, we had nine pre-snap penalties and a lot of that was due to the fans and the noise and the crowd noise and that did help the Aggies somewhat and I think they're kind of going to get a taste of that at Neyland Stadium so I think this game being at Tennessee is really going to play in the favor of Tennessee. Now another stat that I think you need to enter into this game realizing is that if you take out the COVID season of football, Jimbo Fisher is 3-13 and in road games at A&M. And seven of those are consecutive road losses. So he does not have a history of doing well on the road, especially playing top-tier teams. So I don't look to see an upset here, but I do think it's still going to be a good and entertaining game. So there is a date coming up that will affect the NFL overall, and that's actually Halloween. October 31st is the deadline for any trades. And a big name I want you to watch out for is Jerry Judy. 
Obviously, he's with the Broncos. Um, Sean Payton denies that they're going to trade anybody before this trade deadline, but there are inside sources who said there have been internal discussions on trading Jerry Judy. I don't hate this for Jerry Judy because I think his talents are being wasted with the offense that they do have there. Um, I don't think it's a relationship thing. I just think it's wrong place, wrong time. So I'm not sure which team I can see him going to right now, but I definitely think we're going to be seeing him traded in the next few weeks so keep an eye out for that all right on to our favorite segment our picking games so start with some sec maybe not just sec we'll pick some good college games obviously starting with alabama versus arkansas i think this will be well i hope this will be a fairly easy win for alabama it's at home so they have a lot of things going for them and hopefully they clean up those penalties we have georgia and vandy i'd love to see this upset but if georgia played like they did against kentucky i think they'll come out with a clean win um some other big games to mention not sec but oregon washington i think is going to be huge and i think it's going to give us a playoff contender even this early texas a numbers tennessee we talked about i'm going to pick tennessee um auburn lsu could be an interesting game um i wouldn't be surprised if we do see an upset by auburn here and then on to some top NFL games, NFL games to watch. We have Titans versus Ravens. I think could be a really interesting game. It's really a matchup that is played overseas. So that's going to be an early game on Sunday. We have Patriots Raiders. And I mentioned that one because we know Mac is kind of walking on thin ice. And actually, even Bill Belichick may even be on the hot seat. Stay tuned for more on that. Commanders versus Falcons. These are some games that I really think could go either way. If the Falcons keep playing like they are, I would go with the Falcons there. And then we have our Tua versus Bryce matchup. I really, really want to win for Bryce, but I think the Dolphins are just too good right now. And the Saints versus the Texans. Uh, I think I'm going to pick the Saints here. Here. And another good game to watch, I think, will be Lions versus Buccaneers. And I think this will just kind of tell us if the Lions are the real deal or not. But that is all for this episode. And we will recap all the football from the weekend for you next week. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. I think it's really important to hear how we've got Alabama connections who are still reaching out to former and current quarterbacks. That just makes my heart so happy to hear. I also think it's really great to see that we've got, you know, some other players who are talking as well uh mark stoops definitely calling out his fans for being cheap not a good look especially when you're 0-8 against georgia and i don't know you know we've always roasted jimbo for having that one big win so maybe it's this time maybe it's not we never really know 
but we'll just have to kind of see what our process is really there and see kind of what could be in store for good old Jimbo. And remember, he has a $70 million buyout and, you know, with $70 million, you could buy a yacht or you could buy really anything else too. So we'll just kind of have to see there. In regards to my picking games here, we'll check real quick for some good old SEC matches for Alabama, Arkansas. I'm going Alabama. It's their homecoming. They've obviously started looking like a more complete team. And I think with this, they're going to really not have any problem. Hopefully Georgia Vanderbilt. I'm going Georgia here, Texas A&M, Tennessee. I'm going to go with Tennessee here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Texas A&M found a way to keep things close, especially with a very dominant defensive line. Remember, Tennessee has struggled this year with Joe Milton. And I think with this right now, you know, there are going to be some concerns as they get ready for playing Alabama next week. But you did mention Neyland Stadium being a factor too. Florida, South Carolina. I'm going to go with South Carolina here. Florida, you know, has had a good year, kind of. But South Carolina, I feel like could be the upset maker. LSU-Auburn. I feel like it could go either way, but give me LSU and Kentucky, Missouri. I'm going to go with Kentucky here. I know they want to rebound from that loss from Georgia from last week. And then looking at some top 25 teams as well, we've got Washington, Oregon. I'm going to go with Oregon here. I feel like with them, they could definitely be 6-0. and And then with USC, Notre Dame, I'm going to go with Notre Dame here. You know, USC is in the top 10, but they struggled in the last week's game. So we'll just kind of have to see what's going on there. But all in all, we've got a great slate of NCAA games. So get excited there. For NFL, you know, we've got to make sure that we cover our small market teams. Obviously, at the time of this recording, we saw the Chiefs beat the Broncos 19-8. to And of course, Taylor Swift was there. We've got the Saints-Texans. I'm going with the Saints here. You know, I'm a Saints fan, so it doesn't surprise me. Falcons-Commanders, look for them to try and utilize Kyle Pitts more. So I'm going to go with the Falcons here. Then we've got the Panthers-Dolphins. Panthers are own 5 so I definitely think we should go for the Dolphins here. And then Ravens-Titans, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I feel like they have a little bit more offense than the Titans, but we'll just kind of have to see there. And moving on to our final point, which is in regards to Birmingham hosting the New Orleans Pelicans. So I was very fortunate enough to attend the New Orleans Pelicans preseason game, and they had really good attendance. You know, over 11,000 people showed up. That means a lot, you know, because Birmingham is showing out and supporting New Orleans sports. You know, New Orleans Pelicans are a really, you know, young team. They're working on growing. They've had some injury concerns where they don't have Trey Murphy, Larry Nance, or Jose Alvarado for the first few games of the season. But they still got Zion, they still got Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. You've also got Dyson Daniels, you've got Jonas Valanciunas, and you've also got a new assistant coach in James Borrego, who used to coach for the Charlotte Hornets, who is going to make sure that this team is utilizing the three points more. So I think with this, you know, it'll be a really good team for them you know they struggled in this game but it's okay because it's preseason but still this team you know it's the second time playing in Birmingham and we had a good showing you know we had free shirts there 
and a lot of people were there, and I was very fortunate enough to get to go to this game. So I think with this, basketball is growing in the South, and I know that while the Braves season did end last night too, that this is going to be a really good time for basketball in the South, especially, you know, as we are in the halfway point of the college football season, and as we are kind of in the fourth quarter marker you know, third mark of the NFL season. So, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. And obviously, you know, we've got the G League team in Birmingham. So be sure to check them out too. But this will be, you know, really great as we continue to grow the culture in Birmingham and in the South when it comes to basketball as well. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We could not have grown without y'all. As always, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at JakeTickPodcast, my personal Instagram, JakeSill14. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports and different forms and variety. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We really appreciate all your help that y'all are doing. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. As always, thank you so much for everything. Right now, today is a very tough day as, you know, we are thinking of the people in Israel. As many of you know, I am Jewish. I have a very deep love for Israel. I have many friends who live in Israel. So right now I'm thinking of them. And I want everyone to take some time to think about Israel, to kind of follow along about what's going on, because right now it is very scary stuff. And I want to be sharing this with you if I didn't believe that we couldn't do something about this. You know, if there are any donations or any opportunities you can to help people in Israel, please do. Many people who were in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, are being called up to help, and we need as much help as we can. So as always... Continue to be great. Be the best version of you you can be. Bring smiles into the world. Be a light in this world. Because the world is still a very scary place and we need our help. Think of Israel. Continue to watch and monitor what's going on in Israel. And be sure that if you know someone who has a connection to Israel, to check up on them. Because this is a very hard time. And as always, you'll see and hear from you all later. Take care.